as the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong, because y'all are idiots. Oh, no. I'm new to the panda timeline here, so I that one's going to have to sit with me. I'm going to have to pray on that one. I know it's available, but why? There's so many other things available. First of all, it's artisanal, okay? I don't want to hear it. As the expert of the podcast and the boss. One of your hosts spent nine hours this week watching the Godfather series to atone for his <laughs> sins. What are you doing? Handsome Drew did as well. Are you Drew with the U? I'm Drew with the U. Why would oh, he be Drew? Problem. Obviously, oh, he's God. Drew with the U. Okay, my handsome Drew. <laughs> I don't spell my name with a U. What are you talking about? <sighs> What's wrong with you? Oh, I was not listening. <laughs> that is very apparent to everyone on the podcast that you were not listening. Why? I don't know why you have to. I didn't trample on your panda. This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to Not the Podcast You Deserve. I'm your host, Drew Allen. With me, as always, is Drew Crawford and Kyle Cox. On this week's podcast, we watched Broken Arrow, a movie about a missing nuke. That's the summary. What do y'all think of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Fastest recap your- I've ever seen. This was this was a fun recommendation. Uh, I had never seen this movie. I don't know if you guys had. Uh, Kyle, I know you had. Uh, there's mm-hmm. no way... Because this was recommended by your father, uh, yeah. who basically looked at me in the eyes two weeks ago and was like, how have you never seen this movie? Uh, like, I almost felt like I was going to get disowned by my second father. So I was like, all right, well, <laughs> drop everything. Uh, Drew, had you seen it before? I, I actually had not seen it. I'd started it uh, also with Kyle's father. Um, he was a part of my Broken Arrow story as well. Uh, but we started at his house. Uh, I can't remember why or why it ended early, but we did not get all the way through it. So this is my first full-time watching Broken Arrow starring face-offs John Travolta. Uh, (laughs) And by that, I mean the John Travolta you get in face-off is pretty much the John Travolta you get in this movie. Pretty much the same guy, yeah. Yeah. And then Robin Hood's uh, Prince of Thieves, Christian Slater. I was going to say, don't forget Fox NFL Sunday's Howie Long uh, <laughs> was just Very crushing important. it with his lines to the, in this movie. No, but I think the most uh, difficult part for me buying into this movie is that I don't really see Christian Slater as the action star. Like in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, he's kind of the sweet boy, uh, kind of not sidekick, but he's in the band, but not really Robin Hood. And then other than that, I can't think of anything else I've really seen Christian Slater in. That would make me think that he's this hard, I don't know if they're Navy SEALs, but like Air Force, Army. Uh, are they Are they specific on what part of the... They're, they're in the Air Force. Um, he is very clear throughout the movie that he is a military officer. He says that phrase oh. <laughs> specifically like nine times. All I he's like, as one that... military officer to another, you John need to know Jolta, like... Should have been colonel by now. That's what I know. Yeah, absolutely. They are real fast on that. Um, I do love John Travolta's character in this movie just because they John Woo wastes no time trying to get you to like him. Uh, (laughs) He just is like, yeah, he's going to be an asshole immediately. And from the jump. Yeah. Uh, That opening scene within the boxing ring. First of all, I don't know how Christian Slater gets punched like 72 times in the face. And it's just fine. Like I get that they're boxing one time. Oh my god! I don't know anything about boxing, but I know put your hands up. 
every single punch was a haymaker and every single punch landed on someone's face. There is no blocking. It's like, I love the Rocky franchise, but they do this too. And when you, your eyes are kind of open to it, it's hard to miss, but there is no boxing. There's just face punching. Like John Travolta is just trying to punch his face off, like in his movie face off. John Travolta being what was he the boxing coach or was he just like trying to rap? Oh, bro, they're just they're just working out together. Oh, blow off some steam (laughs) in Top Gun. They play volleyball shirtless in Broken Arrow. They hit each other in the face. Like, what they they box in sweatshirts. Uh, yes, (laughs) yeah, felt felt like a weird choice. I think that uh, when you have Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer. You're like, yeah, let's get them shirtless out in the sun. <laughs> when you have John Travolta, you're like, how many layers can we get on him? And like, what's the least amount of body we can see on him? Face oh Craig. Okay. <laughs> yeah, which speaking of his face in this movie, I think he like just had some work done or something because or he just made the character choice to only open his mouth a half inch ever at a time. Yeah. Like he talks through his teeth like this and he's just like, yeah, hey, what are you doing? It's like he couldn't actually move his cheeks. Mm. Have y'all ever met someone who's like only happy like when they're like upset about stuff? You know what I'm talking sure. about? Like people are only yeah. happy when they're miserable. Like you're you're not yeah. happy unless you're miserable. I've known many people like that, but you guys have lived better lives than me, apparently. I thought he did a really, <laughs> really good job of coming off as like that guy that we all know and hate. And like, and it was part of the because like everything he said <laughs> was just like so a-hole. And and he like made Christian Slater like take the or like not pay him the $20 bills yeah. after beating his butt. And like, and it's like everything he said to the guy who was paying him millions of dollars to steal this nuke was just like, you couldn't do this without me. And can we talk like, about his character? Uh, is that Pritchett? Is that who that was? Yeah. 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 Bob Gunton, the, the uh, fun guy funding the secret bad plan or whatever. Does he do anything in this movie other than talk no. about how he's paying for the... So two characters in this movie, I think, are absolutely useless, which is <laughs> Pritchett's character, whom John Travolta kills like with a wrench yeah. while driving a car. Just goes, awesome. Hush, which yeah. is maybe the best kill of the, of the movie. Best um, line, then, for sure. Yeah. and then But then like the West Wing guy, who's like in on the presidential meetings and is oh, like, oh, yeah, it might yeah. be like whatever... And they're like, oh, let's stop the meeting and listen to this guy who's getting us our intern. Giles. And his role is absolutely worthless. I thought the exact same thing. Like, literally, the only thing he does is say, wait, what if they didn't crash? What if, like, the other guy stole them? And first of all, he's wrong about which one stole it. And second of all, literally anybody else in this movie (laughs) could have had that idea. And he's not necessary anymore. And I don't know why they tried to make Red Foreman be like such a dick in this movie, but like they did. And I don't know why. I believe I texted y'all like there's a scene early on between Red and uh, or, or Kurt. Uh, what's his name? Who are you talking about? You talking about what's Giles? The Red, the actor's name who plays Red. Oh, yeah. Red Foreman from that 70s show. <laughs> okay. I don't know We're his real name. Get... He's always Red Foreman to me. Kurtwood Smith. I think that's right. Uh, and uh, Giles, whatever. Uh, they they have this interaction where the Giles intern guy is like, what if the government was honest 
And Red was like, oh, thank you for saying that in the meeting. I really appreciate that. And I texted y'all in that moment, like, I don't believe that either of these characters are the good guy. And the fact that <laughs> neither of them turned out to be the big bad guy, I can't tell it was a great genius move by John Woo or just a fact that this movie didn't think far enough ahead to be like, I don't, I think this is like a really innocent child's idea of like, what if a nuclear missile went missing? What would happen? And they're like, America would stand up for what's right. And then, <laughs> and then the good guy would punch the bad guy, even though they're friends. Like, so uh, one thing you mentioned about like, is it smart or is it weird that he just like kind of took something that should almost, he almost made seem obvious. Like they're the bad guy and then flipped it. Uh, like three quarters of the way through the movie, there's a guy working on the missile and his only two lines of dialogue are we didn't meet. I'm max. And then he throws the girl into a, a box. And then he says, I bet you thought I was one of those computer geeks. Well, I'm not, I'm a Navy seal. You should see what I can do with my thumb and then dies. And, <laughs> but the fact that he does, he looks like the, 90s action movie like you got to have the one guy with glasses who can work on the computers and like he doesn't do anything except like just type and go oh they're in the mainframe or something and the fact that john Wu turned that on its head and was like no actually he's going to be a fighter but then also he's going to die immediately it's like all right well i'm just getting haymakers from i think john <laughs> filter's coming with the left and he gets me with the right you know every time i'm not watching the shoulders before we go too far straight too far and we've we've mentioned it. We need to talk about it. The opening of this movie, and with the title card, and it and it's John Travolta punching the crap out of Christian Slater, and then like black screen with like Christian Slater's name, and then like another punch, and then John Travolta, and then directed by John Woo, and it just mm. like goes on for like seven minutes, mm. and it just reminds me that like the '90s were a different time, <laughs> and you could do stuff like that, and nobody really cared, or and like no one was upset about the fact that you wasted ten minutes telling you the people that are in the movie you're about to see them you, know, you don't get that very much these days except in the harder they fall they did that as a ode to old western movies there you go back to it i think that's a great segue into john woo as a director because um we're just talking about let's go let's, let's zoom out a little bit from this the plot right of the movie but i don't know why i love john woo as a director i, I was gonna ask you that in i this can't podcast. name you a ton of his films that are really really good but I enjoy, like Mission Impossible 2, I know is on like generally on the bottom of everybody's list of Mission Impossible movies. And I'm not saying it's my favorite, but you get more character in that movie than either four, five, or six. I can't tell you the difference between Mission Impossible 4, 5, 6, or 7, uh, or whichever one they're on now. But Mission Impossible 2 is the most unique and energetic of those movies and totally different than the first Mission Impossible and Face Off is a crazy movie. Like this director, I think the the one downside is with John Woo films, he directs these super energetic movies and then we get A-list American actors who are like middle-aged white guys who can't do any of the stunts that require of other than Tom Cruise and now Christian Slater. Wow, on that note, Christian Slater in the mind shaft is the most unathletic looking person <laughs> in this movie. It's insane. And also he somehow got a cheat code for unlimited ammo uh, yeah, on, a, yeah. on a revolver. We watched him put five bullets in earlier <laughs> and then was like, I guess I have a lot now. 
the amount of times he dives forward with both handguns akimbo firing more bullets than are allowed to be in a gun <laughs> like back to back in scenes How, like we're talking about that scene where they run up the hill in the mine shaft he goes up and down that hill from both sides like four times like yeah. John Travolta's on one side and he runs, jumps, dive, shoots over there. And then the bad guys come from behind him. So he runs up, dive, shoots back there and blows up something. And then goes back over to fight John Travolta. And then in the middle of that, he jumps over a, he like little hop skips over a fallen down barrel and the most non-athletic, like he just did a <laughs> forward roll with two guns firing. And then he almost trips over a barrel and like has to catch himself. And that took me out of the movie immediately. I was like, why did we put that in there? The best part about this movie, unlike most movies, when when the when one of the characters is about to say the name of the movie, it's like a big moment like the camera like swoops into their faces. They go, and we gotta get to the rock or this is Armageddon. You know, and in this movie, it's kind of a throwy line. He's like, Yeah, we call it a broken arrow when we lose a nuke. Like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> That's the name of the movie. We got it. Great. We can move on. And it's pretty early on in the movie, too. I did appreciate Giles' one cool line when he was like, I don't know what worries me more that it's missing or that it happens so often that we have a name for it. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Okay. There are multiple special forces people in this movie. Christian Slater and John Travolta being the first two that we see is they're they're like the bombers. But when the arrow gets broken and they don't know where it is, they send in a crack squad of elite soldiers, I assume, to go track down this nuclear weapon. And these guys dead sprint everywhere. Everywhere. What I have to believe is miles of desert. They are running at top speed. It is incredible and insane to watch them cover miles of terrain at their max speed when they get off the helicopter to the uh, initial plane crash site the leader of the squad is just in the dark full sprint going you go over there you go over there you go over there those are three direct quotes No one knows where he's pointing or what he's talking about. There's no direction. They're all just like dead sprinting to <laughs> things that are on fire going, is there a person or a nuke in here? All right, next thing. Speaking of great lines, I had a couple that I wanted to share with you all and see if you had some that were better. Uh, when, when, uh, when I, I can't remember the part in this movie. I think it's as John Travolta like stopped the car or he blew somebody up. I'm sure somehow. And the guy in the passenger seat goes, you're out of your mind. He just goes, ain't it cool? This is like, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> like, you're going to get us all killed. and <laughs> You're crazy. Uh, and then when, uh, when Christian Slater is like on top of the car and the dude's like got a gun in his face and he's like, looks like we got a standoff. And Christian Slater just takes his head and bangs it in the windshield and says, no, we don't. As he's smashing <laughs> his head. Like, I thought that was pretty great. And then, but probably the best one of all besides Hush uh, was when Howie Long's shooting at Christian Slater standing next to the nuclear weapon and John Travolta just goes, would you mind not shooting at the nuclear weapon? And he just says it so calmly that you're kind of like, I kind of feel like you want him to hit the nuclear weapon. I kind of feel like this is how you want to go out. And then I I love that he follows it up 20 minutes later with, why do I have to keep asking everybody to stop shooting at the nuclear weapon. 
this was strange to me because like I feel like John Travolta in this movie is kind of like Nick Cage in every one of Nick Cage's movies where they're very unsettled and kind of off kilter. But the way Nick Cage is always over the top and crazy and saying the bees are in my eyes. And John Travolta was very understated and just like, I don't have time to deal with these people. But it was very much that same role of this is the crazy guy yeah. in a 90s movie that's going to make you go, why did he do this role? <laughs> he, this is pre-face-off John Travolta. This is the... Oh, uh, is it before, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had met okay. the cage. Maybe that's why it's so subtle. <laughs> approach but uh I, I think i would be remiss not to bring up we're talking about famous lines um it's not really a line so much to say but at one point john travolta gets changed behind the humvee and comes out and just does a little sniff just a little and it's like the they edit it in because it's like a beat that the director and editor was like yeah this is a really cool moment that they give a close-up of john travolta just going like I, I don't know. Did he change really fast? Is that what, is that what he's implying that he's really cool because he could get changed fast? He just thinks he's the coolest in this movie. He just thinks he's awesome. Yeah, and the, the other thing, it upsets me to a point though because later on in the movie they're chasing down Christian Slater and his Humvee, and John Travolta's like, oh, "I'm gonna get you. There's nothing you can do." And then Christian Slater like Jerry rigs a. Flaming Molotov out of a gallon of gasoline and throws it back, which is kind of cool. We'll give him that. Impressive. There's no way he could have seen that coming. And then John Travolta spins like a monologue talking about, oh, that was a good one. Didn't see that one coming. How'd you do that? Oh, really upset that I didn't see that coming. It's like, you didn't plan for the good guy to jerry-rig a Molotov cocktail out of a gallon of gasoline. Of course you couldn't see that coming. Why are you upset that you didn't see that coming? Yeah. I, I will say they did a really good job in this movie of like establishing early on his whole identity is I think I'm the smartest person in the room. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they do it in like little ways early. Uh, like he's just explaining everything to Christian Slater, like he's a five year old. Uh, but then he walks into the mission briefing and mm-hmm. the guy's like, did you get promoted over me? And he's like, no. And he's like, oh, why are you smoking my briefing room? And he does the really cool, like, well, I'm just going to put it out with my fingers. And it's like, yeah. all right, well, yeah. I see you. That was uh, pretty cool. But then all of his lines throughout the movie do that increasing to your point, Drew, of like, you see him turning insane as he's starting to realize, like, I don't have it all put together. Like I thought I did, like his whole identity cracks under it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see it start with somebody's back talking him and he hits him in the throat with a mag light and just goes, oh. hush hush and the it's the pause in between them that i was like oh oh he he really meant it yeah. he's really crazy <laughs> dude hooch is totally crazy um, <laughs> and then you you see it wrap up to in my eyes at the end when uh howie long is like you're gonna kill us and he goes everybody dies i'm a good reason as any and i was like holy crap like yeah. you think you're worth dying for over the, like Mm. also he's a very like joker-esque line when he is like well f them if they can't take the joke and then arms the bomb like not a joke (laughs) (laughs) i think i think we should talk about the different plans that are in place along Mm. the way in this movie because they're all stupid but (laughs) at one point in time when they're figuring out that john travolta's got the nukes red foreman is like well the only person who's got the the nuclear codes is the president right it like pans over to the other guy who's like the pilots also have them. And you're like, no, they don't. Why would the pilots have the nuclear codes? 
they don't have them. There's no reason for that. Like, if you're yeah. gonna have Childs in this movie, like make him the guy who steals the codes or something. Uh, uh, like, there's yeah. no, there's no reason for John Travolta to have the nuclear codes at any point in time. But that's, maybe that's, that's just me. Point. And he also, like, at one point, mentions that he like mechanically changed up how the coding works because. Slater's first plan, which was actually a pretty good one, was to type in a, the wrong code over and over again until his iPhone deletes all of his information uh, <laughs> or the nuclear equivalent of that. And John Fold is like, oh, didn't work because I already mechanically changed the nuke. Like, when did he have yeah, time he, to do he that? He switched out the circuit boards and it's like, I'm sorry, what? You did what? How did you have access? Like, you, you're not even a colonel. That's like made several times. How did you get access to the nukes? Also in the briefing, when Christian Slater goes, oh yeah, like we're just doing a normal test run, right? And he goes, no, there's nukes on this one. That should have been a red flag. Like he should not know there are nukes on this one yet. Yeah. How does he just have that information? That's a fair point. I think the first plan, which is John Travolta's plan to get rid of Christian Slater, is that he's going to shoot him in the head while flying an airplane that has nuclear weapons on it. Yeah. There had to be a better plan than that. Like, like, there absolutely had to be a better plan than that one plan. This movie puts these characters together as if they're, like, best friends, like, that have a rivalry, like, a competitive rivalry. But John Travolta straight up tries to shoot him in the back of the head. Yes. And then, like, accidentally, or... or doesn't work, so he has to eject him out of the seat, which I feel like should have been his first plan. If, oh, 100%. That should be the if first If that plan. was his good friend that he's like, yeah. has a rivalry with and really wants that $20 for whatever reason. Wow. Can they just stop making the bet? Like, I get it. <laughs> no, I, get it. I love it. I love it. Uh, I it. But also, I think that there is... Uh, I, I'm not sure that his first plan is to shoot him in the head. I think that may have been like a emotional reaction because he talks about like, you know what your problem is? He's like, that I know everything. He's like, no, that you think you know everything. And he, you could see it in John Travolta's eyes that he like kind of snapped for a second. So I don't know, maybe he had a different plan. And then just out of anger was like, nah, I'm going to kill you. Um, <laughs> and maybe that set the whole thing off of like, shoot. Or maybe that was his plan the whole time and he's not as smart as we think he is. Crawford, no, I love your take of Travolta being so crazy that he like can't see his own insanity. Because I think that reads really well for this movie and also for Travolta's performance, and makes me think that he's a great actor. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to deal, I'm gonna have to process that on my own time. <laughs> That's the Nick Cage debate. And then the second big plan, once the nuke is on the ground, they're, they're going to they're gonna send an army force to go get it. But, oh no, Howie Long is in on it, and he kills everybody. Boom. And the, the problem with that plan is that it ends up with Howie Long is like in the bottom of like a canyon, with a nuclear weapon with like two other people that were in on it. And then there were people up above them, like shooting at them, like trying to kill, like they lose a number of their like quasi, their, their double agents in that one, in that one section of the plan. (laughs) It was like, maybe we should have all been in, or maybe like (laughs) we should have gotten the high ground, like Obi-Wan, like maybe we shouldn't have gone into a Canyon and then, then double crossed everybody. I was going to say one thing that that uh, scene also highlighted that's a reoccurring thing in, in this movie is that if you have a sniper, you <laughs> will hit one thing, maybe. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you won't, you won't hit anything else the rest of the movie. Nothing that's helpful. If you have a handgun, you will kill the person that has the sniper. Snipers, snipers were, are, went one for 20 in this movie. Handguns went nine for nine. 
and yeah. it was crazy. I mean, they're like Steph Curry shooting from the parking lot. <laughs> I believe you mean 900 for 900. <laughs> yeah, but the handguns are definitely the most powerful weapon in this movie about nuclear weapons, which you are not <laughs> supposed to shoot at. I don't know yeah. how many times I have to say that. But speaking of bad plans, can we talk about the guy with the grenade in the mine shaft? Do y'all remember? Oh, yeah. He's like shot up a couple times. So he, he has a really hard time taking the pin out of the grenade. Yeah. Like it takes him eight seconds to pull the pin. And then he just steps out with the handgun to get shot by Christian Slater, who catches the grenade, which was super cool, and throws it at John Travolta, which was an awesome like reaction. But I. I feel like you should throw the grenade from behind the cover. Like, isn't that what it's for? Sure. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Also, one of the things that that scene highlighted was that Christian Slater heard him like about to come through the door. And that's why he dove and got out of the way. And John Travolta like shot the other dude instead. There's like four times in this movie where Christian Slater like weirdly hears something and then is able to like ninja move at the right time. And they make it look like he's got this some kind of special sense. The things he heard where like a guy coming through a metal door with a grenade, uh, a helicopter in a canyon where there was literally no other sound. Yeah. Uh, like the things you hear, like, yeah, <laughs> you, you should hear that. It's not a special talent. You know what is a special talent? The park ranger, uh, Samantha Mathis plays Terry Carmichael, the park ranger, who sure. knows Kung Fu, I have to believe, is a seventh degree black belt in Kung Fu on top of being a park ranger. She also has some cool knife skills. Got a knife up to Christian Slater's throat real fast and then never saw that knife again, <laughs> including a time when she attacked somebody with a wrench instead of her knife. Knife wrench. Another character that didn't need to be in the movie, but was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. My The third plan that made no sense as Christian Slater and girl who doesn't need to be in movie get nuclear weapon onto car. They're like, where should we take it? They knowingly take it to the place that they know John Travolta is going to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, they were running I, out of gas. They didn't have any other option. There's no, and they're like, well, the we'll, we'll beat them there. Great. They get there. And they're like, <laughs> Oh, let's put a 30 minute timer on this nuclear warhead. We know John Travolta is right behind us. I don't know how this could go wrong. Well, they, they're trying to shut it off because um, John Travolta wants it to be set and they don't realize they actually set it up. But I, They I, literally took it to the place that John Travolta yeah. was going to take it to. Yeah, I yeah, need to yeah. get that. I need that to be very clear. What, I that was that was their plan. <laughs> my, my plan that I'm confused about is when they both hop on the boat to... Are they trying yeah. to steal the boat? And then they come back and like, oh, get out of the boat. Yeah. And she doesn't get out of the, she goes underneath to hide. Yeah, she gets under a tarp. And then John Travolta, the mastermind of all masterminds, doesn't check the weird lumpy tarp that wasn't there (laughs) a second ago. He wasn't just like, hey, nobody sit on that. That's a very important piece of equipment. Well, enough people have shot at it that I think that he's just worried about it going off randomly. That's what I have to assume. It's fair. It's fair enough. My final plan that doesn't make any sense, and I yeah. want you guys to tell me. Yes. Why did what? What was the point of putting the nuke on the train? Mm. Like, like what was the end game? I can't. It was to tell him he was going to Utah and he was really going to Nevada or whatever. But like, he, what was the end game? Either way, he <laughs> had to put it on a train because, as Christian Slater pointed out, you're going to have every inch of asphalt covered. 
he knows he can't put it in a, in a truck. Uh, so he's got to put it on the train and he made you think he was going to take it to Salt Lake City because yeah. he left that one radiation badge that he was hoping somebody would find to throw him off the trail. It's a really, really insignificant clue that you're hoping a smart person finds early on in your adventure. Um, but yeah, uh, then he the red herring is he actually goes east to Denver. Uh, so it's a kind of a poor plan, but yeah. <laughs> A helicopter was a part of it until Christian Slater uh, blows that up. I remember yeah. with a pistol, with a handgun, <laughs> of yeah. course. But then also the military has their own helicopter, so I don't think that that would have worked very well for them. And here I have some points on this. <laughs> uh, the helicopter is actually—I don't think anybody in the Air Force knows how to fly these because they all crash, all of them, every single one in this movie. If you get in a helicopter, it goes down. That's a, that's the end of the game. And at one point, uh, the guy who was like the captain running the radar station and is in Gone in 60 Seconds, and I can't remember his name, but uh, he gets in the helicopter with Christian Slater, and they are like, we're going to go save the day. First of all, that helicopter gets up next to the train, and I get that trains are loud, but you should be able to hear the helicopter that is 10 feet away from you before you just slide the door open and Christian Slater's there with a machine gun. Secondly, the helicopter strafes the top of the train at one point to like give them support. And the guy is shooting a machine gun and then goes, let's give him a haircut and stop shooting the machine gun and waits for the helicopter to chop somebody in half. (laughs) Which, which can't be more effective no but was very cool to watch the fact that somebody got choppered with the, oh, the big nice. blade yeah and like, then and then the final point was that that guy just the helicopter pilot just flew into a mountain when the train was going under the tunnel he saw yeah. the mountain there's like two yeah. shots of the helicopter going straight to the mountain and that guy looking straight ahead and then was like, nah, I guess I don't want to live today. And just goes into the mountain, just mm-hmm. doesn't try to veer off. And I, I have some serious questions. There, there, it's a, one of two moments I can think of off the top of my head right now of, I don't, I don't know if it's an editing mistake or just like an editing style, but that reaction shot to something that's going to happen and then cutting back to the reaction shot and then cutting back to what's going to happen and then cutting back to the reaction shot. Like the helicopter, like you said, he gets a triple take to see this wall that he flies into. And the same like uh, idea, John Travolta sees this nuclear weapon that eventually is going to hit him through the train 18 times fly through the air. Did y'all, did y'all catch that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like it flies off a box and then you see John Travolta react. Well, he doesn't even react to it because he's kneeling down on the ground and takes a while to laboriously get up and then lock eyes with the nuclear weapon as it's taking its sixth shot through the train and, and then, then smile he, at it yeah because ain't that cool and <laughs> it's tackled like through the back wall of the train by a nuclear weapon i bet he wishes they had shot at it earlier <laughs> uh so delroy Del- something delroy lindo yeah there you go so that does bring up an interesting point to me of uh, in y'all's opinion, what was the best kill of the movie or best death? I guess I don't know. There's a couple iconic ones Christian Slater shooting the helicopter pilot in a canyon behind a rock that was up so through cool. the up through the hole in the bottom of the helicopter. Gotta be top 10. 
so cool. And then, oh. and then running up the canyon fast enough to grab the girl <laughs> before the helicopter kills her. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Nice. I'm going to have to go with Chopper. When the guy got choppered on top of the terrain by the helicopter, I like literally was like in the middle of making fun of this movie for no reason because it's a great movie. But I was like, <laughs> Thinking to myself, this is so, oh my gosh, that was super cool. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm torn. It's a toss up for me between um, Christian Slater, like swinging into the train and kicking Howie Long out. Yeah. And then you just watch nice. Howie Long fall for a long time. Long yeah. time. It's like, it's like five seconds of Howie Long just like, oh, and you're like, <laughs> what are we doing? He's a big dude and inertia it takes a while, you know. Sure. Uh, I love that again. Christian Slater announces his presence before he swings in, like from the top <laughs> of the train. He goes incoming, and it's like that's the last thing you should swing in on your secret attack plan. Surprise! Um, but again, he's the only person in the movie who can hear things. Yeah, so <laughs> that's his special talent. Uh, the other one for me is the between the legs shot, where uh, I guess oh, if they're yeah. trying to do like Die Hard, where you know, like he's like, "Oh, take this off," like just here's my exposed bleeding shoulders. Uh, and then he's like, Oh, I'm going to really <laughs> carefully put this gun down over here and then pull out another one. You didn't see, but he lays down between her legs, clearly using her as a human as a shield, shield. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> in case that other guy was like, Hey, are you have a gun? I think I might shoot now. Uh, and then they have like a weird moment where she's like, wow. And he's like, yeah, it was a first for me too. And it's like, did you guys just flirt about that? That was weird. I think that is one thing that, 29 year old kyle noticed that 10 year old kyle definitely did not notice upon first viewing of broken arrow that he totally used her as a shield multiple times in this movie. oh yeah <laughs> like like he is behind her quite a bit in this movie when guns are being shot it's like oof, okay but right. what you have to realize is he recognized that the bad guys did not have handguns and so <laughs> that they were both going to be fine be they were at a disadvantage yeah. the the best place for her to be is directly in the line of sight between their machine guns and his body which i know we just did our favorite kill but we were all wrong is the best kill is John Travolta hitting what's his name in the throat with the pipe oh, and saying hush, right? This is the most understated kill of the whole movie, but it is the best one. Yeah. It's so vicious and so out of nowhere, but also really works for John Travolta's crazy. It's, it's a great character moment for him. I'll, I'll also, how are they getting paid now? He just killed the guy. <laughs> uh, and I, I, if you look at this movie as just a one guy just slowly losing his mind and going crazy, then... I, I, then it makes sense. If at any point in time you're trying to be like, there was a logical way of getting out of here with that nuke, then I, I yeah, think you're no, lost. This, that's my new take on this movie that y'all two have opened my eyes to, and I now love this movie. The <laughs> idea that a nuclear Air Force pilot goes crazy and like he's upset with the system because they recognize him as insane, but he can't, and then goes and steals nuclear weapons... This whole movie makes so much more sense with that spin. And you know who I would hire cast number one in that movie? John, John Travolta. Travolta. <laughs> exactly right. This movie was cast perfectly. John Woo is a visionary. And you heard it here first on the podcast, Broken Arrow, greatest movie ever made. Wow. So, he's trying to get a really good Christmas gift from Dale this, yeah. this year is what this is. Uh, <laughs> I am no, in no way endorsed by our one follower. 
Kyle, to your point, when you mentioned the uh, how's he going to get paid thing, he has a line at one point where he says, uh, I've got a broker in Stockholm that is going to buy me 5% of Volvo. And, you know, I'm going to spend the rest of my life on the dividends. And like, first of all, I don't think you know how stocks work. And second of all, <laughs> at one point, it uh, they mentioned like, you're about to get me $3 million. And I was like, you're doing all of this for $3 million. Like, I get that that's a lot of money, but not enough to steal two nuclear warheads and ignite one of them. What? Like, watch any other movie. People do this kind of stuff for like $500 billion. You're trying to stick up the United States government for $3 million. The plane you crash costs more than that, my guy. So like, what are you doing just like the plane and sell that like that line in austin powers when he demands one million dollars from the u.s government like, really that's it okay we can we can probably do that yeah. i'll take um, one billion dollars yen. but also uh, like with him kind of losing his mind i have to question like was he actually like was he making a joke about i'm gonna buy volvo stock or did he actually think that was the best play for his money. I don't know. This would be so great. He was also banking on that $20 he was going to get from Christmas later. <laughs> yeah, good point. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that $20 was really going to feed his retirement account. Pritchard did mention at one point that he goes, I spent a lot of money and time underwriting this project, which probably means nothing to anybody else. But my job is to underwrite loans and projects. Oh, no. And I got real excited about that. <laughs> I was like, wait, I get that. And I, got my head spinning for a while about like who is actually financing all of these you know world domination missions out in these action movies like are there a team of evil underwriters who are like oh this plan is financially viable yes we should invest in that doomsday plot or like oh no the the credentials on this person his resume doesn't match up we should deny that plot it's like i would watch that that's hilarious to me <laughs> someone call me and then watch them not give Captain America a loan. Yes. A <laughs> the human torch was denied a bank loan. And now I know who denied them. Using Abed's scale of good and bad. Uh, is this a good movie? Is this a bad good movie? Is it just a bad movie? Or is it a movie that's so bad it's good? I, I think it's a pretty clear answer here, right? And I'm going to make Dale mad. But this movie is so bad that it's great. That's yeah. where it falls in the scale for me. I, I would agree. No problems with this movie. Greatest movie ever made. Perfectly cast. Perfectly acted. Perfectly directed. Broken Arrow. Best picture nominee? Did this get any nominees? Was this <laughs> an Oscar no winning? You're not telling me. For 1996 was a wild year. You tell me For that, screenwriting. It got nominated for best screenwriting. You tell me the death to. of Delroy Lindo didn't bring tears to the Academy. Oh, first of all, he gets like unceremoniously shot in the back of that helicopter and you they never cut to him again. Like you don't see him die. You just see him get shot and he leans over and then his helicopter crashes into the mountain. Leaving oh. the opportunity for him to come back in the sequel. Oh my broken Arrow 2. This time it's more broken. It's Broken Arrow 2 colon full quiver. <laughs> broken Arrow 2 redemption. No, that's the, that's the first one. Oh, okay. Hawkeye 3 the arrow unleashed if you the listener liked what we had to say about broken arrow if you want to come on our podcast and talk about something or if you just want to tell drew you know he's not that handsome feel free to reach out to us at mtpydpodcast at gmail.com 
or on Twitter at NTPYD Podcast. Thank you for listening. This is not the podcast you deserve.